Jonette Gay, and I'm the pastor of Otterbein United Methodist Church. I have with me today our media specialist. Hi, Jason Burgess. And we want to talk and we want to listen. Our faith is seen and understood in many topics. We're glad you've tuned in today to Hey Hey, Anybody Listening? Hi, Jeanette. Nice to have you back. It's good to be here. And, you know, I actually like the season of Lent. And I think the reason is because I don't have to have it all together. It's mm -hmm. all about what's not together. It's about admitting and being honest with ourselves. And I like that part. Mm -hmm. Sort of like um, AA is admitting that there's a problem. And, and so I really think it's a, it's a great season to prepare our hearts and to be willing to go into the wilderness where we don't know where we're going or what's, sure. what's there. Uh, I have lots of stuff going on during this period, actually. So I feel like I'm in the wilderness. Yes. Every, there's a bunch of new things that I'm not used to doing is happening. This well, and that makes me think about it's not just about being a silent and no action. We sort of pay attention in the midst of the busyness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what Lent's about not being um, out in the desert the way Jesus was when he was tempted, but to be in a place or maybe an attitude to where we pay attention and mm -hmm. see where God's moving us, even in the midst of our jobs and busyness. Mm -hmm. One of the things I think Lent is, is a, where I take a life inventory. Mm -hmm. And there's some great scriptures that will Martin Luther said, sin and sin boldly. So he's so connected to his humanity, um, to being honest is a way you, you connect to God. For the scribes and the Pharisees in the fifth chapter of Luke mm -hmm. were complaining that Jesus was spending too much time with tax collectors and sinners and eating and drinking with them. And Jesus answered them and he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So I want to be one of the sinners so that he can call me. I don't, I want to admit that. I mean, we all fall short, but um, we sometimes want to put on our pretty face and pretend. And so it's a good time during Lent as to, to be one of those that Jesus came to heal, not, not one that's got it all together. Sure. Uh... I suspect I'll be uh, feeling that way here in the next, or I already am. I, I have a bunch of new projects that are going on and uh, trying to juggle all those. Um, Do you feel overwhelmed with your... I, I feel more overwhelmed in anticipating being overwhelmed, okay. you know? And uh, so it is good to try to let go of that. Yeah. They get through it one at a time. Mm -hmm. Well, and 
also in the 15th chapter of Luke, it's just great when Jesus tells three stories about lost. One is to leave the 99 sheep and go after that one that's missing. And then he says at the end of that particular parable, he says, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So I want to be one of those that needs it. And so it's kind of a time, Lynn, is a time to embrace my needs mm -hmm. and to admit I have needs and limits. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope you don't steal any cars in this time, you know. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, just, I don't know. You say you want to be a sinner. I don't know. Oh, it's like you're looking out <laughs> that's for. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you think of. No, I, yeah. I mean, isn't that funny how we yeah. think of those that, that are like illegal? And I'm mm -hmm. thinking more. Was I unkind? Did mm -hmm. I have like a racist thought or a, um, a, a sort of a misogynist thought? Mm -hmm. It's it's one. It's more of those heart things that than something that mm -hmm. is illegal. So it's more of a awareness of your your sins during Lent rather than letting them go by the wayside, rather. Yes, yes, because they're there, right, mm -hmm. right. And, and we have that. There's a scripture that says the law shall be written on your heart. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time I was talking to a man in, in a church years ago not not here and I he was very angry with his boss who was just mistreating him verbally and he said um I wanted to sock him and I said oh don't hit him as that's you know salt you could be put in jail he said I'm not afraid of jail I've been in prison he said I don't want to do it because it's the wrong thing to do and mm -hmm. that's the law written on your heart it's not an external restraint it's that you do it because it's the right thing that that's what i mean by yeah lent time i'm not fearful that oh i may um, be arrested i want to do it because i love god mm -hmm. and i want to please god it's kind of like you don't want to disappoint your parents if they if you trust them and they're the kind that love you it's that sort of relationship sort of I don't know. Don't hesitate from the good trouble, I guess. Uh, yes. <clears throat> good trouble. Such a great word from John Lewis. Um, there's so most traditions have the um, confession time and and repentance. Mm -hmm. And the, I remember John Stewart from the Daily Show years ago was teasing um, his friends, maybe it was his uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, who's Roman Catholic and John Stewart's Jewish. And he mm -hmm. said, well, I'll see your 40 days and I've got one day. Yes, Yom Kippur is one day that you express your sins openly. And it might be something you don't know if you've done or not, but you say it anyway. They have mm -hmm. a whole list of things they confess, you know, the usual suspects like lying and gossip, false to ourselves. Have I insulted someone or stolen something? It's just, just waste. It's a whole litany. And I was went to Chautauqua, which I just highly recommend. It's a wonderful place and a pretty place in New York where you can hear lectures, you can hear music, you can worship. It's just got it all. Mm -hmm. And the week I went was had had a theme. It always has a theme, and this was friendship. 
And one of the two that have a really close friendship was Cornell West and Robert P. George, very different um, theologically and very different as far as politically, but they're good friends, close friends. And someone asked them how, and Robert George said, he they're both professors and he works with students who often say how can i uh, be friends with someone i disagree with so strongly i feel like i'll lose my conviction and he's and and george said mr george said i uh love the last confession in the yom kippur it says um we have yielded to wrong desires and misplaced our zeal. So what if mm-hmm. all that zeal that I've worked up over is wrong? What if mm-hmm. I've misplaced my zeal? I don't know if I have, but just in case I'm going to confess that. I thought that was a wonderful way to be honest, even when our convictions, strong convictions might be wrong mm-hmm. and to confess that. I know I'm always thinking about that from from remembering past experiences where I was so convicted about something and it turned out that I was yes. wrong. Hindsight's 2020, yeah. isn't it, Jason? Mm-hmm. Right. It, I've um, probably said it before. I don't know if I've said it in a podcast, but I just love Thomas Keating, a monk who died several years ago, but he was known for centering prayer, just 20 minutes of silent prayer, lived in... Colorado and I heard him speak um, one time and he often talks about Jesus temptation which we talk about during Lent because that's why we have 40 days in Lent and he compares those three temptations with our three ways we try to get happiness so it's like like this false self searches for happiness in three ways one, safety and security. Two, affection and esteem. And three, power and control. One of my friends said, it sounds like six to me. So maybe it is six. Mm-hmm. But safety and security, when we um, sometimes overdo that. We, mm-hmm. we go way overboard with trying to be safe and secure when we miss the risk of faith. Because I think faith and risk is sometimes the same word. And our affection and esteem, we so strive for that, we miss it. Mm-hmm. We miss the intimacy that's already being given to us. And, and then power and control, you see it so much today in our national debates. So that's just a, those three temptations that weren't just Jesus's, but ours too. Power and control seems to be something that filters down from our, our media and um, understanding of politics into where Everybody seems right. to be very sort of entitled about their own own points of view, and uh, so it's like we're saying, someone's saying to us, "You should be getting worked up over this." And yeah. there's some things we do need to speak up and not uh, remain silent. But there are other times when it's not about the will of God, but it's about wanting our way. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be quite a struggle. I know at work, I um, had an issue with one of my coworkers who I don't see they're only through emails and uh, <clears throat> trying to get them to um, approve um, a flyer that I'm making which is for for something that I feel very warm and heartful felt about but here this flyer they won't 
approve it. They have strict, you know, brand approvals there at, at the Y. And uh, I don't know what those those guidelines are. And the person's not giving me any real feedback to fix it. And uh, I got very frustrated to where I'm like, I couldn't couldn't communicate with that person without um <laughs> without being sort of harsh. And, yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. You I need to know, know that, what the expectations are. <laughs> so, I mean, that caused me to educate myself yeah. so that I could talk to that person. Right, <laughs> right. And, and then we could share that. Sure. Then, uh, it wasn't necessarily their fault um, right. that I didn't know. Obviously, it wasn't their fault that mm -hmm. I didn't know what was right. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's a lot to do with Lent is that internal, what is right? What is right mm -hmm. for me in this moment? And um, not just expect it to be told to us externally. I, I think so much of prayer during Lent is that internal conversation with God, not just, hey, everybody, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm praying. I, it reminds me of years ago, I was in a ministerial alliance in another city and one one pastor came in all worked up. We need to make sure there's prayer at a football game before the football game. Let's make sure there's prayer. And the president of the lines, she said, uh, she said, I just have to say why, because I don't believe that that is a yearning for God. I believe that's praying that 14 year olds will redeem our town. Mm -hmm. It's like now we'll win. And then, you know, we're, um, going to praise this team and, and you know what what are you praying that, that your team's going to win like god favors your team over another but, yeah, but basing it, your happiness on yeah, that yes and and saying that you had to pray before the football team i mean you want people safe but mm -hmm. if that's the prayer but i don't i don't there's a scripture that jesus says don't go into the marketplace and pray but go into your closet and pray i think it's sometimes we forget that it's an internal it's not about showing off it's an internal conversation it was something that i was thinking about yesterday when we were going over the psalm i forget the number uh 13 uh, yeah 13 and where you know you read this psalm and it's somebody sort of blaming god for or not be, not listening or you know begging them to him to listen all those things and then at the end you know they realize they're wrong for asking for all that and that they need to just trust and uh, yes yes trust is a big deal um, and to imagine i think of image of god matters how we pray mm -hmm. and are we what are we seeing in our in the image that we have is it is it some vending machine it's going to get whatever we put in or whatever we want or is mm -hmm. it some kind of judge who's ready to pounce or is it someone who loves us and wants way more for us than we want for ourselves so I think that our image of what who God is matters as we pray. And that's mm -hmm. another thing Lent can do is what is my image of the person listening? I just think Lent has a great deal to do with prayer. It has to do with journaling, but I always hesitate to say that because not everyone wants to write down, mm -hmm. but, but maybe even finding a safe place if you're not a journal or with someone you trust to talk about. This is something I'm, I'm hoping for because I think it's within us um, we're in our DNA to want to be more caring and, and more loving and so um, to pay attention to that.
I'm curious to how you feel or what you think about uh, guilt during the Lent season because a lot of people do yes. these like sacrifices and yes. um, what yeah. happens when you yeah. um, you're committed to not eating the sugar every day yeah. and you find yes. out you fail at it. Yes. You know? Well, and certainly be good to yourself because yeah. I believe in a good God. But I don't think it hurts to try to deprive, to get some emptiness so that there's room for God. Mm -hmm. um, it, during our Ash Wednesday, I showed a little clip of the movie Chocolate. I just love it. And I love the scene at the very end when the young preacher stands up and says, maybe it's not so much about God's divinity, but his Jesus's humanity. And it's not so much what we the the our goodness is not measured by what we do not do, but the good we do. So he says it's not so much who we exclude, but who we include. And that Chocolat is all about mm -hmm. a woman who, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, who brings in a, a chocolatier, a chocolate shop with all mm -hmm. kinds of chocolate candies, and that's during Lent, and they have want none of that. They don't want any Lent, any mm -hmm. chocolate sold, and so there's this big conflict with this town and with her, and she's just an open spirit and wants them to embrace the chocolate. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I don't think, sometimes I think we trivialize Lent and it's a big difference with Jesus' sacrifice and not eating chocolate. Yeah. But I don't think it hurts to try. Uh, I think um, fasting can help us manage our desires, even those so near as hunger. I had to fast just this morning just to do blood work mm -hmm. for a checkup. And that's a discipline for me to not yeah. have breakfast. <laughs> I was ready to break that fast when I woke up and um, they said, you can have black coffee. Well, I like cream in my coffee. So mm -hmm. I didn't even get my coffee until oh. after the, the shots, but that, um, little bit of time to, to remember a sacrifice, I think is just super, super important as far as guilt. I, I've heard someone say, and it's just really stuck with me that guilt guards our goodness. Like I said, that little restraint where my friend mm -hmm. didn't want to hit his boss, uh, not because he would go to jail, but because he knew that his boss was a, a child of God just like him, and he was going to learn how to get along because it's the right thing to do. That's that a restraint at the end mm -hmm. yourself. That, so I think that guilt can guard our goodness. Now, shame is another thing when we feel bad about sure. who we are, yeah. not just the act mm -hmm. that we've fallen short. So... Um, to check ourselves is a good thing, yeah. but to I, feel bad about who we are is a completely different thing. I always say guilt is an indicator that there's something, something yes. you need to address. Yes. Yes. I loved what you said about not even worrying if you have a depression because it is a time that, that you know something's going on and something needs attending. Mm -hmm. Say that again, how you said that. I thought that was important. Oh, well. Just that, I don't know, I, we were talking about uh, things that, um, that happened that you then, in, in hindsight, or, or you discover that they actually do something good for you, and uh, to um, pay more attention to my needs, and uh, yes, find some kind of joy in the somberness of maybe being sad yes. or the ways that you deal with being sad by listening to some moving music or 
being in touch with that other part of your emotional right. side. <clears throat> and I wonder if we're always happy if we would develop compassion because if, if we're always up, we wouldn't experience what others experience when they're suffering. Some Barbara Brown Taylor wrote in a book, Altars of the World, she said, pain makes theologians of us all. It causes us um, to pay attention. And I think there's something important about not that you, I don't mean manufactured pain, that, mm. that happens in some religious cultures where yeah. they you know, beat themselves or whatever to suffer so that they will, no, I don't think manufactured pain is of God, but when it happens to pay attention to the, the what it may be teaching. Whatever my manic depressive, um, it's like, it's a, a a function if i'm feeling a little low uh there's going to be a brighter day coming yes. after it so yes. there's something nice about anticipating good <laughs> that's right and maybe that's why lent is so good because it's not permanent we know easter's coming we know there's new life coming mm -hmm. and yet um so even during Lent, we have little Easter's, it's 46 days because the Sundays we don't consider part of Lent because we always remember the resurrection on our Sundays. And so we know new life is coming. My friend doesn't talk about death and dying. He talks about um, uh, that we always die into life. We go from, from life to life and that's the Pope of Easter so yes it's not forever if I was going to suffer forever I don't think I'd embrace Lent the way I do but I know it's temporary and I know it's for something good mm -hmm. for something better that uh, just God wants more for us than we want for ourselves well hopefully anybody out there who feels like it is forever they'll um, hopefully in their darkness find that it's not yeah. forever right and it's an old cliche that says, in the end, it'll be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so true. It's, you know, Tony Campolo from right here in Pennsylvania had a famous sermon. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. So we, we may be living in the Good Friday time of suffering, but we know that the Easter is coming. And so it's my hope for anyone out there who is reluctant to go into the wilderness. I just say that it's a good time to reflect and to see where can I be more loving because God meets us there. I've said it before, but I have a really close friend and he's died several years ago, but I used to tell him, if you see the dark places in me please tell me and he said i will and i trust you'll do the same for our good god resides there to redeem us and we wouldn't want to miss that so mm -hmm. that's what i say about lent that um, god meets us there and we wouldn't want to miss it so don't be afraid to be honest well thanks for your words there uh well Blessings in your Lenten journey yeah. and your busy time. I hope you find God in the midst of it all. I always do. Uh, thanks, Jeanette. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great Lent and Easter. So glad you were with us today. 
and I hope you'll tune in again as we listen to one another.